0: Hey guys, this is normally where we talk about the Patreon and you can always support us there, but I want to take this moment to talk about the devastation that happened in the Bahamas. As many of you know, I grew up in South Florida, the Caribbean culture and the people of the Bahamas, as well as so many other islands throughout uh, that region is a part of the culture that I grew up in and that I love dearly. Please, if you have any extra money, I would very much encourage you to support uh, the the rebuilding there the American Red Cross the Salvation Army Project Hope America's Habitat for Humanity Team Rubicon World Central Kitchen these are all great places where you can donate uh, a coin but in reality what I want to suggest is if you know people are planning maybe vacations for the next year please consider going to the Bahamas uh, it's obviously a beautiful area the hurricane really only knocked out about fifteen percent of their infrastructure. But it's a tourism based economy. And the, the 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 devastation that they suffered is one thing. It would be far worse if people thought that, that island that 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 the islands there were, were not ready to host people. It is built to entertain and host people. So if that's something that is on your radar and you were thinking about going somewhere, I'd highly recommend heading over to the Bahamas within the next year or so because they certainly—it's—it's it's worth the trip, and it would be helping them in a time of need. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Come on, come on, come, come on. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the politics, politics, politics program. My name is Justin Robert Young. We got a lot to talk about, including. The possible miniature version of the Boris Johnson Prime Ministership. We've got the story of NC9, the the special election that happened in North Carolina last night. We've got the latest on John Bolton's firing. Uh, John Ossoff, Kamala Harris, Jerry Falwell Jr., pole dance, butcher emails, all that. But first, we talk about what we'd like to talk about on this show. We will talk about the debates. Yes, it's debate week. Took long enough. Alas, this debate will only be one night. Fie on you, whoever thought that was a good idea. Ugh. DNC chopped 10 people. Not for long, though, because Tom Steyer's back. So the next debate in October, on October 15th, will be two nights. Unless the DNC decides to change something. But we get all ten heavy hitters up on stage at the same damn time on Thursday night. Tomorrow from when I record this. This might be the, 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 the day of, if you're listening to this the day after. So I have done pretty well with my predictions, I feel. But normally I've gotten six chances. And I've done really bad on one night. <laughs> I think I went 0-3 last time on night one. I went 3-0 and 0 the night after that. So now I'm feeling a little nervous. I am. I'm feeling a little nervous because I don't know exactly whether this is going to be a night one slate of predictions or a night two slate of predictions. But I got three that I feel pretty good about. Here are my three. Number one, and I feel like this is my lead pipe lock. Absolutely, this is going to happen. Joe Biden will go on the offensive against Elizabeth Warren. Look. It is time to recast the narrative if you're Biden. Everybody has looked into every single word that he said. He has been making constant mistakes. He looks old. He sounds old. The only thing going right for Biden is that he's leading the race by 10 points, (laughs) which is kind of weird to say, right? Now, I do think that he understands he has a bedrock appeal with a certain element of the Democratic electorate, but he understands that there are footsteps coming behind him. So he's got two people that he can attack that it would make sense for him to slap back on that wouldn't be him punching too far down. One is Bernie Sanders, the other is Elizabeth Warren. Now, Biden's been soft-selling the idea that the socialist policies that Bernie or Warren want to bring in are either too expensive or unrealistic. Besides, attacking those kinds of policies really attacks both of them, and he wants to damage one of them. So, Warren's the move. A, she's slightly ahead of Bernie in the polls. And B, there is one natural line of attack. If every hair on Biden's head has been counted over and over and over again by the press, and he has this extenuating record going back decades and decades and decades that he's been forced to defend from the likes of Kamala Harris, then. How much do we really know about Elizabeth Warren? Why don't we start just taking a little bit of a look into the career of Elizabeth Warren? As we talked about last week on this show, she has only really been on the national radar since 2012. That's a gigantic, unexamined area of her life that Joe Biden wants the nation to start thinking about. We've already seen a article come out. I believe it was in Politico this week about how Elizabeth Warren has raised a bunch of money from big donors before she swore off raising money from big donors. Wonder where that came from. So what else is there? What is Elizabeth Warren hiding? If I were Joe Biden, I might call her the R word. After all, it's what she was until the mid-90s. She was a Republican. No one's brought that up on stage yet. And whether or not Joe Biden says exactly that, I believe that he is going to go on the attack for the first time in this campaign. Lock it in. All right, prediction number two. Prediction number two. I got to get a Beto prediction in. I feel like I've been pretty good about Beto. Even when I was wrong about Beto, I was right. I said that Beto was going to go hard on gun control, and it only took him two weeks and a shooting in his hometown to be exactly what I thought he was going to do. Beto has reinvented himself four times now, and the latest version of it is the guy who curses. He says this is effed up, but he uses the F word and then sells a t-shirt that has the F word start out. Yeah, man, super cursing Beto. This isn't offensive. What's offensive is the state of America, man. Now, this has made the DNC a little nervous, which leads to my prediction. I believe that Beto will curse on television. DNC doesn't want this. Because unlike the debate that we just had in Detroit that was on CNN... Where you can curse, because it's cable. This debate is on ABC. Broadcast television. And so, that means that you have fairly strict FCC guidelines. The DNC sent a note to all the different campaigns this week and said, No cursing. Whatever you do, don't curse. But this has gotten better a little bit of traction it has got a little bit of heat. I think he intends on cooking with it. I don't know whether or not he's going to say the F word specifically. But I do believe that he is going to say one of the George Carlin seven words you can't say on television. I think he is looking to make a statement. He is looking to take the oxygen out of the room And he's got a bold policy that he wants to push. Beto has staked out the idea that he is the gun control candidate now. He has said in no uncertain terms that he wants a gun buyback on assault weapons. Buyback is a uh, he was even asked. He's like, all right, look, people hear buyback. They think that they're going to come, that the government's going to come and grab all their guns. Are you saying that's uh, going to be what's going to happen? And he said, absolutely, that's what's going to happen. We are going to come and take your guns. A reminder that Beto O'Rourke also in the last debate said that he was the only one that could flip Texas. So now he's the guy who's going to flip Texas that also says that he is going to grab all of your guns. This guy. (laughs) All right, I got a bonus prediction for you. Bonus prediction. We're gonna miss Marianne. We're gonna miss Marianne. Dark psychic energy will be running amok. And at that point, we're gonna look to the heavens and say, Marianne, where are you? That's a little bonus one. That's not for the record. I'm just that, that that's a little that's a little for funsies wager. All right, here's my third and final one. This one's on the record. Mayor Pete pivots to positivity. There is a lane for a positive candidate. Now, it's a hard balance to strike when you're running against a sitting president and you have to spend most of your time trashing their record, but Mayor Pete has signaled over social media over the last week that this isn't about a who we hate, but who we love kind of message. On a stage where... One frontrunner wants to time tunnel backwards four years, two more want to overturn capitalism, and one of them is warning of a coming robot revolution. Pete, I believe, will try out a time-tested formula for Democratic underdogs. It's been bridge to the 21st century, hope and change, and maybe now we will get the positive mayoral attitude. Those are my three predictions. So, to recap, Biden going on the offensive uh, uh, with Warren, Beto cursing, Mayor Pete pivoting to positivity. If you know anybody taking action, get out there and make some money. Politics! This is normally where we plug the free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Thank you guys all for subscribing to that, and I greatly appreciate it. But... I do want to take this time to remember 9-11. It is 9-11 when I am recording this now. Uh, uh, so many years ago, 18 years ago, uh, September 11th, 2001, happened. It was, a, I mean, the, the, the defining moment of my adulthood. Freshman in college, first day as a paid journalist. Um, Syracuse, where I was going, was a feeder school for a lot of people that lived in and around New York City. A lot of parents that... Worked in those buildings, including one of them that uh, was working with me at the time. It is a moment that I think is so big it means so much to so many. Uh, A lot of times people tend to focus on the unity that happened afterward. Which I never really know how to handle because it was trauma. Everybody was traumatized, and so we could see an element of humanity in each other. I don't know. there, there, There tends to be this, like, paradise lost kind of thing that happens that I don't necessarily think is true. Instead, what I'd like for us to think about on this anniversary is that we are still the same people that saw an element of humanity in each other. It took the world changing for us to see it. And eventually we kind of went back to the way things were. But we're still the same people. And considering the fact that we are so divided politically these days and we're about to get even more divided with a presidential election coming up, I just, in the shadow of what happened, this is actually a funny story, after we were... uh, (laughs) After 9-11, I'm writing all these news articles about it. For whatever reason, it became a thing that everybody wanted to write in their leads or just in their stories in the wake of 9-11. That was a phrase. And it just came up. uh, uh, Staff writers would do it. Other people that were submitting articles would do it. We, as the editors, would write it, and we just had to ban it. There was a a wholesale ban of the phrase in the wake of 9-11. So I would just say this. As we reflect on that day and all the feelings that we revisit there, I would just say use some of that humanity to think about the people that you disagree with. Because the world could change again tomorrow. And we do it then. So, for one day, think about doing it now. Texas. So we had ourselves an election in North Carolina last night. It was the, well, two special elections, actually, but only one that people cared about. North Carolina, nine. That was the, uh, the big shebang. Everybody watching it. Man, it's been a while since we've actually watched a special election. We cared about it, right? This is like all the rage right after Trump got elected. Everybody watching all these special elections, seeing how people are going to react after Donald Trump's the president. This one was crazy though. It was actually decided in 2018. This was part of the, the 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 blue wave. Very very close then in 2018, only 900 votes separated the Democrat Dan McCready from Republican Mark Harris. Harris winning. Here's the only problem. The North Carolina State Board of Elections refused to certify the vote because they believed that things were not on the up and up, that there was some voter fraud. This is one of those slow burn stories where it was just one person after another drip, 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 revealing the fact that this was indeed not on the up and up. And so a revote. Special election. That's what happened last night. McCready runs unopposed, but neither Harris nor Robert Pittenger, the dude that Harris beat to to, to run in 2018, run again. I mean Harris, come on, get the F out, right? <laughs> when you can't have an election certified because of some chicanery, get the hell out of here. And so Dan Bishop steps up. And last night, he wins. Two percentage points is what he wins by. Took a big effort by the Republicans. I saw polls with McCready winning, or sorry, uh, projected to win by 17% in some fairly late polls. Dan Bishop comes all the way back with the help of some barnstorming by Vice President Pence and a big old rally by the man himself, Donald Trump. Why does this matter? Well, because North Carolina is a swing state. Because we want to see exactly how much of that blue wave uh, was just about being in 2018 when historically opposition party waves happen. How much of it has made its way to 2019? It's one of the few times that we're going to get some kind of little methadone versions of the heroin that we will indulge ourselves in in 2020. Maybe a little bit of an ominous portent. So, what did it show? A lot of what we already know. The Democrats got what they have feasted on since 2016: moral victories. Oh, the Republican won, but didn't win as much as he shoulda. Donald Trump won that by 12 points. Dan, er, uh, Dan Bishop only won it by two. Mmm, moral victories. Nom, 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 nom. No, oh, that John Ossoff moral victory. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one weird Montana moral victory. Mm-hmm. But O'Rourke, mm-hmm. Andrew Gillum, mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. moral victories abound. For the Republicans, you should won by more. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, there ain't no two ways to say it. Th- that is right. You know, Donald Trump won that by twelve points. Uh, Dan Bishop got slaughtered in all of the, the 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 areas that are city adjacent, right, or inside of a city, and they laid it on thick. Republicans uh, laid it on thick in the rural areas. This is going to be a defining and and further hardening dynamic that we will see in the 2020 election. Donald Trump moved the needle. And he apparently is very very excited for everybody to know it because his campaign manager has been on television all day all 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 day this morning talking about how much they helped this dude win. Here's the other big story. John Bolton has been fired. 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 Yeah, he's out. Former National Security Advisor, the third person to hold that title in the Trump administration has hopefully not let the door hit him where the good Lord split him. Outs. More like Bolton with an I and apostrophe. This apparently was a long time coming. There were a lot of internal clashes. Uh, John Bolton did also kind of play the one game that will always get you in trouble with Donald Trump unless you're one of his kids playing around too much with the media if you're leaking if you're a source if you're shaping the world to look too much like a a place where you are a big shot Donald Trump will almost always cap you for it it's what got Steve Bannon it's what got the mooch real quick. I think more than him just getting drunk and mouthing off and, and not being smart. The thing that was the like you gots to go immediately moment for the mooch was the fact that he was that comfortable with the press. Even for a press secretary that you're just going to call and shape things and 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 talk about exactly how you want uh, want it to be talked about drunk. You're not even going to think twice about it. That means you are very comfortable talking to the press. That apparently was part of it. And then there's the fact that John Bolton really doesn't fit with Donald Trump's ideology. Donald Trump ran as an Iraq war critic. Donald Trump is an isolationist. Donald Trump doesn't like foreign wars. Now, he likes to threaten the United States will do a bunch of stuff, but he doesn't like doing it. Really, the most aggressive foreign policy move that he's made uh, uh along those lines was when he, he bombed those airfields in Syria. And that was that. So John Bolton, who has wanted a war with Iran since, you know, he was but a knee high to a grasshopper. That's It's not only a weird fit for Trump. It's a weird fit for our modern political world, because right now, hawkish intervention, interventionalism is really out of fashion. We got two terms of of, of the Bush White House with that. But beyond where we are now, the Democrats certainly aren't into it with Hillary gone. And the Republicans certainly aren't into it, considering the fact that Donald Trump made fun of the Iraq war. He he ran against Hillary, saying that Hillary was for it. So, whether the interventionalist hawk, who hates Iran. Somebody in my Twitch chat, twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young, pointed out, you know, that dude might as well, like, I don't know if El Al Airlines has a credit card. But John Bolton should just get one, man, because he's going to be doing a lot of round trips from Dulles to 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 <laughs> from Dulles to Israel. He's going to be doing a lot of them, man. I hope I hope John Bolton likes hummus, because uh, uh, that dude's going to be doing a lot of work in the Holy Land. Because I feel like that's the only place that he is just going to have a rapt audience, who is all there for hey, we should bomb Iran. Let's go ahead and look across the pond to the U.K. Boris Johnson, the incredible shrinking PM, loses control of his government, is now handcuffed to the fact that he has to go to Brussels and ask for an extension on Brexit so it is moved past the super spooky date of October 31st. Ooh! He says he won't do it, and Parliament, as of today, has officially been suspended. That means that there is no more legislation that will happen. There is also no election that will happen before October 31st, which Boris Johnson believes he would have won, and so they would have been able to move forward with a no-deal Brexit. And so now, there's a bit of a game of chicken. Boris Johnson can either cave on some of his positions and try to hammer out some kind of deal before October 31st, or he can violate the new legislation that has just been passed. He can break the law effectively and push for a no-deal Brexit. Or something weird can happen, which is what I would count on. Because a lot of weird stuff has happened. The The reality of it is, though, that the conservative party might realize now that, hey, maybe Boris Johnson just isn't the dude. We tried it. It got too heated. Maybe we have to move on. We got to move on from Boris Johnson. That's just a thing that needs to happen. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then... uh. uh Nice knowing you, right? (laughs) Tom Merritt. Tom Merritt seems to believe that that could could be a thing. It could be a thing. In fact, let's go ahead and read a text message from Tom Merritt about this. Tom's message reads, Amber Alert. Amber Rudd just quit this cabinet. That's big because it means that the mainstream of the party just abandoned Boris. She's my best bet for a future Tory PM. I said, damn, Boris is really going to be a one-month PM, huh? Tom says, 95% chance, although I have no sense of how this actually plays out right now. When you have conservatives and labor teaming up to hire lawyers to prosecute the prime minister in case he doesn't carry out the requirements of the legislation, anything is effing possible. Politics! You know who seems to get along really well? Ivanka and Donald Trump Jr. Oh, well, in that case, it's probably time for the
1: wrong, wrong, wrong,
0: wrong, 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 Parade of wrong, wrong, Give yourself a nice rest, Georgia Democrats, because you are certainly done voting your Ossoff Wrong! Yeah, hell no, you're not. There's two senator seats up for grabs in the peach state. And John Ossoff, remember him? He was he was our first moral victory, right? During all, all those democratic moral victories that were happening. He was you'll always remember your first moral victory. He was that. Now he's going to run statewide. Couldn't win in a swing state. Now he's going to run statewide against, you know, God knows who on the Republican side. But John Ossoff back in the game. True story. I think we were we were, man, tomorrow was working really, 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 really hard on getting a John Ossoff interview. Because I just, I mean, I have a million questions I'd love to answer, I'd love to ask John Ossoff. But he probably won't do it now. <laughs> I'm almost 100% certain that if he wasn't doing it and he was just sitting on his couch, he's certainly not going to do it now. Hey, Kamala Harris has never been dressed down by a dude in a wheelchair before. Wrong! So, activist Adie Barkin has been doing a bunch of interviews with a lot of the Democratic candidates. I saw one with Elizabeth Warren, one with Bernie Sanders, and she sits down... With Kamala Harris. Now Barkin has ALS. He is confined to a wheelchair. And he speaks through a voice program. Which leads to this. So you are listening only on audio. So what I want you to imagine. Is Kamala Harris. Very patiently looking. At a man in a wheelchair. As she just gets. Dressed down by this dude i'm gonna play the entire clip because i feel like you can sense i don't know if anybody has ever wanted to like hit a dude in a wheelchair but you can you can smell the venom coming off of kamala harris in this
1: clip first only medicare for all will get everyone the care they need under your plan Millions of people like me will still be denied care by their for-profit insurance company during the 10-year transition period and afterwards. In addition, people will avoid getting needed care because of high co and deductibles. Second, only a true Medicare for all system will drive down costs. It will save us hundreds of billions of dollars per year in administrative and billing costs that are the result of a for-profit insurance system. That will not happen if providers still have to bill numerous insurance companies. Finally, there is the political reality. The insurance industry is going to do everything it can to block any of these proposals, including yours. Which means the only way to win is with a huge grassroots movement. And from what I can see, that enthusiasm only exists for Medicare for all. So where am I wrong?
0: Is it insensitive to say that he dragged her? Okay, probably is then, if I didn't get the wrong sound. Moving on. Hey, Jerry Falwell Jr. has never been on a South Beach dance floor, sweating it out with all the writhing bodies that Miami has to offer. Wrong! Hell yeah, he has. Politico ran a big old article about uh, the culture of fear that he has built at Liberty University, up to and including the fact that he mysteriously decided to bankroll a pool boy at a Miami hotel to the tune of $1.6 million so he could buy out a downtown hostel. Well, that's a very generous Christian thing of him to do, you know? Just peel off $1.6 million to a random, chiseled pool boy. Mm. But he also denies that he was ever on a dance floor. By the way, students at Liberty University get demerits if they are found dancing. Well, Politico found the receipts, pictures of Jerry Falwell Jr. and Jerry Falwell Jr.'s son on the dance floor in Miami, to which Jerry Falwell Jr. said, that's not me, it's photoshopped. Well, friends, you can say many things to a party photographer in Miami, you can say that he took a picture of you two drunk. You can call him many, many names, but what you cannot do, good sir Jerry Falwell Jr., is impugn the reputation of a Miami Beach party photographer. Dare to assume that you would that he would Photoshop somebody into one of his pictures of writhing, half naked bodies. Pulsing to the beat. So, the photographer came back with more receipts. (laughs) He dug through his hard drive and found more pictures of Jerry Falwell Jr. on the dance floor with his son. Ooh-wee. Oh, the one thing it did remind me of is my new favorite show on HBO, The Righteous Gemstones. Go watch it. Slap me too, Daddy. I'm a gemstone. Speaking of slaps, we have a slap in the face to a couple candidates who didn't make this uh, uh, upcoming poll dance. So I say to Gabbard, Yang, Booker, Klobuchar, Steyer, Delaney, O'Rourke, and Williamson, go get yourself some Johnny cakes because you are on the outside looking in of this New Hampshire. Emerson. Oh, yeah, folks. First in the nation primary. Here we go. This is a. Sit the floor if you got that Stepping up first to the stage with 8% of respondents. She is your senator from California, Kamala Harris, with 11% of the vote. The man I believe will put a smile on your face this Thursday when he becomes the positive candidate. Ladies and gentlemen, with 11%, it is Mayor Pete Buttigieg! With 13%, Ooh, this is a bit of a low showing for a man who's from a neighboring state. Your senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders! But your headliners. Within the margin of error, I might say. 21% of respondents... Saying that they want Elizabeth Warren. Let your headliner twenty four percent, Big Joe. That is Harris, eight, Buttigieg, 11, Sanders, 13, Warren, 21, Biden, 24, taken from September 6th to September 9th, Biden with a three-point spread. Let's go ahead and get into but your emails. You can always email me theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Again, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Charlie writes, It is with great sadness and disappointment that I write to you today. I wish, oh how I wish that I could say that we were agreement about the basic truths of the world. But we are sadly not. I regret to inform you that you have debased the concept of truth, fact, and modern science by way of an egregious and dare I say it, contemptible act of moral failure towards your audience. I must warn you that I mean to call into question your unbiased reporting. Please, if you have not yet fully grasped the tone of this email, I have not yet thought back to a moment of realization and recognized the error that you've committed. If you have not been reduced to tears and sobs, please sit down before reading any further. My dear Justin, dear sweet Justin, you told your audience a lie. The sky is not blue, it's cyan. Or is it azure or cerulean? Regardless, you can now tag the latest episode as fake news! One of my favorite emails of all time. Thank you, Charlie. Sean writes, uh, uh, you mentioned on the PX3 Extra that you did with Tom. Oh, by the way, I did a PX3 Extra with Tom where we actually didn't I didn't just read his text messages. I actually called him. Uh, but we talked about Brexit and what was coming up. And what we wound up settling on is that no matter what, the most important part of the Irish backstop conversation is that a lot of people don't remember the violence that happened in Ireland through the uh, the 80s and 90s. The, the IRA, the, the troubles, as they are called. Well, the one thing that you can remember is the fact that it produced some good-ass music. So Sean went on uh, Spotify and found a, a playlist of all uh, music that was created around then, up to and including Stiff Little Fingers, Elton John, uh, uh, Bush, The Dubliners, Wings, The Police, of course, You Too, The Cranberries, The Pogues. I mean, there's some music here, man. There's some music on here. So, yes, an ugly part of uh, uh, the history of that region that uh, many fear might resurface with a no deal Brexit. But in the meantime, boy, you got some tunes. Lance writes, can you talk about the CNN climate change town hall? All I'm seeing is memes about banning cheeseburgers, everybody becoming vegetarian, and stopping all domestic oil and gas production. While I'm probably being unfair, what the hell type of platform is that? My answer to you, Lance, is no, I won't talk about the CNN Climate Change Town Hall. Of course, you can email the show, gmail.com. I will be live... Tomorrow night, Thursday night, on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Young, doing my live commentary on the debates. I will have a special episode of this show live for you right afterward so you guys can get my immediate reactions in podcast form, including how I did on my predictions. So uh, go ahead and look for that. Uh, no interview this week. Uh, we're just kind of resetting and getting everything uh, ready to go. But I'm recording more today, so we will we will not have a a a a, a stoppage uh, going forward. All right, one more time. The email is theyoungamerican@gmail.com. Music has been provided by Valesco and Trap Killers. You can follow me at Justin R Young everywhere. You can also find us on our Discord bit.ly/jurydiscord. I want to thank our producers, Andy, Paul, Mike, and Brad. If you would like to be shouted out at the end of this show, you can head on over to com and become one of our supporters. Also, we have a winner in our campaign Undertaker contest. I would like to congratulate Justin O'Brien for winning Uh, Go ahead and send your address in to theyoungamerican at gmail.com and I will get you the now defunct Kirsten Gillibrand swag. That about wraps it up for today. Until next time, I want to remind you that politics has three names because I saw a show that talks about politics the other day. I saw a show that talks about politics and I know one that talks about politics, but this, this one right here, friends, is the only one that talks about all three.